my name is Scott Challoner and you are listening to the Leaders Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. As regular listeners of our programme will know very well, part of our mission here at the Leaders Council is to bring you a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. And this often comes from those leaders out there that have gone out there, got up every morning and made this country work. And to this end, we're joined on the programme today by Sarah Palmer, the Chief Operating Officer, what was once known as the International Association of Bookkeepers, having recently undergone a rebrand to now become known as the Institute of Accountants and Bookkeepers. Um, Sarah, a very warm welcome to yourself today. And by all means, thank you for joining us on the programme. It's a real pleasure having you with us. Brilliant. I'm delighted to, um, to be here. So. Yep, likewise, Sarah. It's fantastic having you uh, with us as well. Um, now, the uh, the Institute of Accountants and Bookkeepers, um, formerly, as I just said there, the International Association of Bookkeepers, is essentially a sort of representative body, isn't it, for the uh, the bookkeeping industry? Um, and I just wondered, um, just initially, uh, just for those that might not be familiar with you, um, what sort of work is it that you sort of do day to day? And uh, what was the sort of motivation behind the uh, the name change, if that makes sense? So the um, Institute of Accountants and Bookkeepers, <laughs> we still have the same abbreviation, so we're known as the IAB mm-hmm. as well. We are a membership organisation for uh, financial professionals. Uh, we have a UK uh, membership base, and we also have an international membership base too. Um, we provide anti-money laundering supervision for those um, offering uh, professional services or financial services to the general public, and we are also... Um, uh, an awarding body, so we offer regulated qualifications to the sector too. Um, so, what we uh, the organisation is coming up to its 50th year mm. next year, so we've got lots and lots planned that. So, please keep tuned, and hopefully, we shall be back on the programme discussing that further. Um, but really, what we felt was the membership base has changed over time, and we were actually attracting an awful lot more accountants, um, and the bookkeeping profession was becoming more professional. And we actually felt that the change in name reflected who we are and what we offer in uh, is more representative of what we do. So, um, and it's a step forward into our 50th year and hopefully another 50 years of success. Yeah, absolutely. And um, of course, your role is to to represent um, your members, isn't it? And um, given the um, sort of the proliferation of accountants that are joining the uh, the IAB. Um, I think it's only right that we discuss some of the things that are really concerning uh, that corner of the industry at this uh, point in time, particularly so around sort of financial regulation on the uh, the show today. Um, because um, if you ask sort of people from sort of different parts of the finance industry, they may often complain that the sector is overregulated and therefore there are sort of an increased number of infringements. And obviously consumer credit would be a very good example of that, for, for instance. Um, but as bookkeepers and accountants, um, you're actually in the unique position of being outside of most regulations, meaning your part of the industry needs more regulation, if anything, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I think what's probably misunderstood in the general uh, public is that the, the word accountant is not protected. Mm. So actually anybody can um, set up, and I think that's fundamentally wrong. Um, last time we met was at the Leaders' Council at the round table, mm. um, and Lord Plunk, uh, Lord Plunkett was there, and he actually expressed surprise actually that the accounting profession is the only major profession that isn't audited, and um, I totally agree with that. Um, I think it's been ignored by multiple governments or successive governments just because of that general misconception. I think in the, with the general public, 
I don't think um, it's understood that anybody can walk out tomorrow and set themselves up and call themselves an accountant. And I think that's quite detrimental to society. It's quite shocking, isn't it, that I have had sort of no accountancy training whatsoever. And yet, if I wanted to, I could literally set up an accountancy practice from my own house and then go and actually sort of work in the industry. And um, the the risk of that, I suppose, as well, is that these people who sort of aren't as professionally trained, they can very easily go and offer lower rates and actually sort of undercut those accountants that, you know, are actually fully qualified. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I don't think the size of the problem is recognised either. So there is... um, between 35 and 40% of people offering financial services to the general public who are unsupervised in any way, shape or form. And by that currently, um, currently really it's the anti-money laundering uh, regulation that's driving um, people to become members of professional bodies like the IOB. Mm. Um, and there's an awful lot of people out operating outside of that. So while we, we're able to keep our members accountable, you know, we ensure that they're qualified, so they're actually able to offer the services they say they do they're insured i mean we we also ask our members to be dbs checked as well so we have a quite a high degree of integrity with our membership base but those but there's not um well what i would like to see in the industry is hmrc raising their enforcement profile because while those people who are operating um compliantly and they obviously incur extra costs by doing so there's a huge amount of people out there who are operating outside of um the professional bodies and that's really what needs to be addressed with the regulation of the the industry why do you think that it hasn't been addressed up to now um, and you, you mentioned of course um lord blunkett was uh, surprised at the uh, the leaders council roundtable on this very issue that um you know accountancy isn't protected isn't audited so um do you think a lack of awareness is largely to blame for this um i think so um I think there's a lack of a voice both um, from inside the business, uh, from inside the industry, and probably from business owners as too. Um, and it's quite staggering, really, when you think there's uh, approximately five and a half million small businesses operating in the UK, and all of those businesses need some kind of financial support on some level, whether that's payroll uh, from VAT, from accounts, you know, from CT, basically preparing tax accounts. Um, so I also think it's quite ironic, actually, that the tax gap at the moment stands at about £30 billion. So I think it would actually be in the government's interest also if um, they were able to introduce those, that regulation at the minute as well. Um, mm. And I think what I'm really, really pleased about with the, the role that I have at the moment puts me in quite a unique situation where I can actually start driving some of these conversations when we sort of look at um, regulation at the uh, the moment, sort of by and large, do we think that it's um, sort of too reactive rather than proactive? Uh, because it seems to be the case that problems arise and then regulation sort of comes in to address it. And it's almost kind of too late to actually sort of deal with the problem that's there. So um, how do we think we go about kind of changing that approach? Um I, th- I think you're, you're right. I think there's an awful, awful lot of reactive um, regulation that's been put in place. Um, I think what would be a really beneficial way to go forward is to involve business owners earlier on in issues because they're actually quite linked to the grassroots and they understand what's going on in the community. And I think um, some of the, the leaders, as you have on, on these podcasts, people that in, in, in your world are really quite best placed to start being advisory for the government. And I really think the government needs to be listening to what's going on 
that grassroots. Absolutely. So, because we've talked about, haven't we, that um, a lot of, you know, well um, sort of intentioned businesses are out there and they are being undercut by those that are, you know, practicing unscrupulously within the industry. But I think we, we also need to consider as well that people who go to these sort of unregulated businesses and use their services, they're probably just as much at risk, aren't they? Oh, totally. I think um, I think what's interesting, where so not only am I um, the COO of the IAB, I also have my own practice. Mm. So I set up a bookkeeping and payroll practice back in 2009, and um, that's grown over time. But what I have to say constantly, and I would say on a weekly basis, we have people coming to us um, asking for help because of unscrupulous practice. They've been left high and dry by people that um, have offered services. And initially, probably um, those decisions to use those people were probably because they were cheaper. And those, obviously, these people operating outside the regulations are cheaper because they haven't got the overheads that those that are offering professional services are. Um, so what, that, that's quite an interesting dynamic that we have. So, so many people coming to us, and I also hear it from our members, that they're picking up um, or they're supporting business owners that, uh, you know, that have, and foul of these people too and what's really interesting is that there's absolutely no recourse for these business owners as well the financial ombudsman doesn't appear to be doing as a rigorous job as is um, probably required of them and um, as I said I really would like to see HMRC increasing their enforcement profile and probably moving away from their supervisory role and actually stepping into that space um, because the business owner actually needs further support um, I think what's quite an interesting concept, though, is that um, for a period of time as well, for five, between 2012 and 2017, I worked for an Australian company as well, Pure Bookkeeping. Mm. Now, during that period of time, um, Australia actually went through um, a regulatory period with, with their uh, over there with their government. So the, in, in um, 2010, the Australian government introduced regulation to the financial industry over there, and it's night and day what's happened. So at least I was very close to um, all that in being introduced. And I think there was some really valuable learning. So I do believe that HMRC in the UK have got other models to copy. Um, but what also happened over in the Australian market was that business owners were slightly reluctant to take this on board initially to start with because of the additional cost to them. Mm. But over time, they've actually now totally understood what the benefit to them is. So um, that's a big, big success story, which I think we can model over here. Mm. Um, interesting how the Australian government dealt with the segregation really in the market between bookkeepers and accountants was they introduced two regulatory routes. So they've got the BAS agent, which is for delivering the day-to-day uh, taxes, you know, the VAT, PAOE, mm. that kind of thing. And then they also had the tax practitioner, which then covered the accountant. So that has addressed um, the market really, really well. So, which again, because we have this segregation in the UK market too, between the bookkeepers and the accountants, which I know very, very well. So um, there's, there's many solutions, I think, not necessarily easy, but there is definitely solutions to the problem. Certainly. And there are models there to follow, as you mentioned there. And it's important that any kind of new regulation kind of needs to be tailored to the individual corners of the industry the individual businesses doesn't it because one size clearly is not going to fit all when it comes to accountants and bookkeepers I mean there has got to be some sort of flexibility there hasn't there oh absolutely absolutely 
And um, um, yeah, um, as just as well, uh, just just to go back to what you said about HMRC, I think this is obviously a good thing to, uh, to touch on because there is a perspective out there that it's kind of almost doing two things at once, isn't it? It's trying to pars- partially regulate, but also partially enforce. And as a result of kind of taking on sort of both roles, it's doing neither rigorously enough, isn't it? So obviously, of course, do feel free to expand on what kind of regulations you do want to sort of see put in place. But obviously that is something to consider, isn't it? That maybe HMRC does does need a little bit of help in enforcing this. I, I think that um, I think that's very true. And I think I'm uh, very privileged to be in a position where I can actually, uh, currently I'm in consultation with HMRC and the Treasury about um, how this could actually be approached. And um, what's really great to see is in the last few weeks we've had some of the other professional bodies as well throw the hat into the arena too so i hope um, there's some momentum built there with further voices being added um but i mean just to be clear there's 13 professional bodies representing the financial sector so and i really think they're the people that are best placed to um to supervise the population i think there should be uh, a mandatory uh, membership requirement of people offering financial services to the general public to be a member of one of those bodies because those bodies are all slightly different and it gives individuals choice as to which body suits them the most so we've all got a slightly different emphasis on um, the services that we offer or the benefits that we offer through membership um, I, th- I think there's um, plenty of uh, regulatory bodies within the field for instance Bath, and I think their scope of work could be expanded or repurposed. Uh, I think they really are the ones that should be uh, regulating what goes on. I think we definitely need a national register in the same way that we have, uh, you know, electricians and uh, the building trade. They've been moved mm. to this. But it's actually a national register, and I think people should be able to be, business owners need to be able to make sure that whoever they're employing uh, or taking on board to support them um, are accountable and they're actually fit, fit to do the job. They're qualified, insured, etc. And I think HMRC should definitely move away from the supervisory space. They're not built for that either. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're not, uh, I don't believe their structure is able to really uh, regulate that, you know, at a grassroots level and supervise at a grassroots level. They really should be the enforcement for, for the rules, in, in my opinion. So maybe something to consider from that perspective then for those that are making the uh, the rules. And uh, just going back to uh, sort of what you said about Australia as well, I mean, it took a little bit of time to implement those steps, but it did provide a good model to eventually follow. Um, do you think that the appetite is there across the industry, you know, for the changes that are needed? Um, and do you think that if we were to go down that route in the UK and sort of replicate that kind of model, do you think we'd see something similar in the sense that this could take sort of quite a while to sort of really come into sort of full effect, as it were? Um, I do. So the way they uh, introduced this in Australia was that they had a two-year almost amnesty, if you like, just mm. to ask people to come forward. Um, there was a huge amount of um, publicity and uh, education really directed at the business owners as well, which I think we need to have. I think we need to go to some wider bodies that... Um, uh, actually represent the business owners just to educate and uh, explain the, the purpose for what's going on. Um, uh, yeah, it, it, there's a there's a lot to be, um, a lot to go on in that space. Mm. 
It is, isn't it? It's it's gonna it's going to be a work in progress. This it isn't going to be a quick fix. There needs to be a lot of discussions with uh, the industry. There needs to be a lot of discussion about sort of who is responsible for the enforcement and also for the advisory side at the uh, the grassroots level. So there is plenty to uh, to consider on that front. And um, say, for instance, we sort of map out sort of what we'd like to see progression wise over the course of this uh, sort of next twelve months. Um, Given your role at the uh, the IAB in trying to sort of push for this regulation, um, what sort of progress in the next twelve months would you sort of ideally like to see? Um, I, I think I, I would very much like to continue the work that I'm doing with HMRC and the Treasury, and I think um, by doing that, um, I, we can link that back to actually what's happening in um, uh, you know a grassroots level. Um, I think actually there's another issue that needs to be addressed too. While you know we've spoken mainly about lobbying government for, for that change, I think there's actually a mindset issue within the industry itself that needs to be addressed. Mm. And I do feel that I'm uniquely positioned to do that. So you know our mission at the IAB is to raise the bar of bookkeeping and financial literacy. And I think that's a, a twofold mission. There's A, as we've spoken about, the, the lobbying factor, but I think also there's a mindset change that needs to be made even within our members. I think um, there's very much a conception that um, there was a cottage industry, and I think all our members need to be moved out of that space, and they need to um, raise their own way of viewing themselves. Uh, they are business owners in their own right too, and they are offering professional services. So there needs to be an element where they are raised too. So I'm um, so I suppose the work that I do at the IB is twofold. So not only is it the lobbying, it's also trying to raise the mindset of those individuals too. Um, and again, let me just find I'm comparing this back to Australia, but I think it's a really, really good model. I mean, mm. uh, in the UK, some of our bookkeepers charge between you know 15 and 30 pounds an hour, whereas the equivalent now in Australia, they charge 60 pounds an hour plus. So there's a real uplift in the quality of, uh, the services that are provided and how but how people position themselves. Somebody who's earning £20 an hour has a different mindset to somebody who's earning £60 an hour. They start respecting themselves more. They start respecting what they do. They, they, their whole professionalism increases. And I think there needs to be, that needs to be targeted as much as, um, you know, HMRC. So I think we, we all need to work together to um, raise the bar of financial literacy in the UK. It's fascinating, isn't it, that um, there's some undervaluing of the industry, let's say, but it's almost kind of self-inflicted. I mean, usually when you're talking about sort of an industry status needing to be sort of heightened, like, for instance, the care industry, it's usually external factors that have led to it being sort of looked down upon. But it's almost kind of been as I say, self-inflicted with the, with the accountancy profession. I mean, it's like perhaps they sort of undervalue the work that they do and maybe that is that, that a barrier to um, sort of raising standards even higher. And again, I mean, when we sort of look at a comprehensive strategy to regulate the industry and sort of stop um, unscrupulous practices, I mean, that is something certainly that, uh, that does need to be looked at. Yes, I, I do think it does. I do think it does. And I have an absolute pet hate um that um we've i've had members say to us that you know they've given away well they haven't charged business owners through the pandemic for certain services that they've provided and that um drives me insane because in essence they're under they're you know they're undervaluing what they're doing and by giving services away from free they're actually um you know devaluing the industry as a whole 
So um, I don't think that that's right. That's, um, that's, um, that's me. Mm, exactly right and uh, let's hope that we do see sort of the change that we need to see within the industry over the course of the next 12 months and I do think it would be fantastic actually Sarah to uh, sort of readdress this and welcome you back onto the program in future just to see what kind of progress has been made um, over the, the course of a few months and um, but just for anybody as well who um, is interested in uh, what we've discussed today and wants to look a little bit more into the IAB and the work that um, Sarah does, um, I think IAB.org.uk is probably the uh, the best port of call, isn't it, Sarah? Yes, it is. Yeah. And, and you'll find us uh, on social media sites too. So please um, follow us there. Yeah, fantastic. And of course, the uh, the recent rebrand as well, the International Association of Bookkeepers becomes the Institute of Accountants and Bookkeepers just to reflect those industry changes. We are certainly in uh, changing times. And um, if you are, you know, an, um, the head of an accountancy practice and you do have any comment to leave on some of the issues that we have discussed today, then you are able to do that via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash contact hyphen us to leave that comment. And if you want to even apply to be on the programme to talk about these issues yourself or anything that may be affecting your business, if you are the head of your own organisation, then you can join us on the show via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply. And it could be you that's joining us on the interview next time. Um, For now, it's been a real pleasure, Sarah, welcoming you onto the show. And um, do, by all means, take care and stay safe with all that's still going on as well. Thanks, John. And to everybody tuning into the programme today, I do hope that you all thoroughly enjoyed the interview with the IAB's Chief Operating Officer, Sarah Palmer. Um, And to everybody listening in, please do take care and goodbye.